This is the Car Religion Podcast. This is a show where we share our passion and perspective for cars. New and old. Fast and slow. Affordable and expensive alike. I'm your show host, George. And I'm your other show host, Andrew. Let's Let's get get started. started. Okay, so to start off today... I'm going to talk again about the Corvette. Uh, now, I, I know this is, uh, this is nothing new to, uh, to our listeners, because we talked all about the Corvette last time. But uh, this time, I have to talk about the C8, the new Corvette that we just got to see uh, about a week ago. They unveiled it to the world. And uh, yeah, it was a big surprise for many reasons, but also... Uh, you know exactly what we expected for other reasons. The look, uh, start off with that on the outside, is exactly what we expected because uh, we'd already seen them testing it on the road in the you know the camouflage that can only hide so much. It was gonna look like it's mid-engine, so it's gonna have those proportions um, and look like no Corvette before it. Uh, in fact, it looks a lot more like so many of the concepts from years ago when they considered doing a mid-engine Corvette time and time again. Uh, But I'd say it looks pretty good. It's not, you know, it's not going to win any design awards for me personally, but I'd say it looks, it looks good. It looks like a Corvette while still being sort of new and fresh, but it doesn't blow my mind. What do you think, George? I don't think it looks good. You don't like it? No. Like why not? Like the front end, I think is it looks okay in front. I but it's a little bit disproportionate. I it's it's kind of hard to explain, right? Like when you see it, when you think of a Corvette, it's a bigger long hood that covers, you know, like front engine Corvettes. But I don't think they got it quite right yet, just by the design of it. I don't I don't know. It's the, I think the proportion that's what throws me off, and the back end, like that's the most important part for me. Uh, Cars or... I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But, like, I think it's an important part for a car um, when you judge how good the car looks. And the back end, I don't think it looks good, man. It looks like an ugly Camaro. Like, an ugly version of Camaro. Yeah, and I've never been a fan of the back of the Camaro. Like... I like how you can see the engine. Like, that's cool. Like, that that aspect of... The back end looks good, yeah. but it's like from there, from the window and down, that's what it that, where it doesn't look good. It just loses. I like the roof line. Like the roof line's awesome, but then, yeah. uh huh, you know, like I don't think it finishes off quite, quite, quite uh, quite as nicely. But what does make up for it is that the price, pro- the price point and performance. Right, it's a three second car that's under sixty. That's right. So for me, that was one of the surprises. So the outside looked exactly how we expected it, but the uh, the price, you know, I, I think I was talking about last episode, you know, oh, the Corvette's going to go mid-engine. Does that mean that it's going to lose its affordable routes where, you know, anybody can buy it um, because it's, it's, it's attainable, right? It's a lot more attainable than a lot of the German I, stuff, for I, example. I wouldn't go that far as calling a Corvette like affordable. Attainable is a better word, right? Because yeah. it's, it's the it's the midlife crisis car. It's possible, <laughs> absolutely. Sure. It's sure. not 150k, 
But right, and you know, I, I'm glad they stay stick to their roots. And oh, for sure, because they could have easily come out with some, you know, hundred and twenty thousand dollar car, and uh, you know, been like, oh yeah, look at this thing. It's really fast and it's really pretty and it's got all this advanced stuff in it. But I don't think people would buy a hundred and twenty thousand dollar base Corvette. You know, right now. Talking about that exterior, the interior does look very good. I really, I honestly, I really like the interior. Like, it's very modern. It's very sophisticated in a way. It has dimensions, right? Like, and yeah. it's a great layout. It's a, it's a driver-focused layout, and that's what I like about it. Oh, for sure. That yeah. was another surprise yeah. for me was yeah. how good of a job they did on the oh, interior. That's beautiful. You like, know, I, I remember yeah. when the C7 came out, and everyone was like, yeah, you know what? This is a big upgrade over Corvettes of the past, and yeah. and they've actually put nice seats in it. This yeah. could be a place you want to spend time, and, and they've, you know, they've got a nice screen and yeah. good gauges and stuff, but... Uh, now I think this interior, you know, without having sat in it and tried it, mm -hmm. I think, you know, the interior they showed us, which is obviously the upgraded, you know, model, I think that interior is world class. Yeah. You know, no, it's, for sure. it, it's got a lot of buttons, but it's very driver focused. Yeah. Everything's centered around you and, and if the driving experience is improved by that layout. Yeah, it's you know, the steering wheels, flat bottom, like it's a jet. <laughs> Like it literally looks like a fighter jet inside. It does. In a good way. Like you know how the C four looked like a like an arcade yes. fighter jet. You know like this one actually looks like a you know it's a like, real jet. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, now here's the thing though, I haven't seen the car. We haven't seen the car in person. That's so true. So I can't really judge it. Like in picture right now, from the few pictures that I've seen, I'm saying that it looks weird. But I feel like in person, it could look. A lot different. That's true. Just like how the Supra is in person. It looks awesome. Like it looks yes. better than it does um, in true. pictures. That's true. The pictures don't do it justice. justice. Exactly. And it could be the same thing with the Corvette. That's very good to point out yeah. actually. Because yeah, we haven't seen it in person. And I don't think you can judge a car until you have walked all the way around, yeah. you know, 360 degrees, looked at it from every angle because it you just don't get a sense looking yeah. at pictures. Like, am I upset that they don't have a manual? Am I surprised? No. Like, I obviously, you know, like, I'm disappointed. It would have been cool. But I feel like that three-second number will be, like, harder to... Um, like state for for a manual car, right? Like uh, you know what I mean, right? Like yeah. with a dual clutch, like everyone, if you can drive straight, you can drive at three seconds, right, from zero to sixty. That's right. I'm. I think it's a missed opportunity personally, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because there aren't a lot of cars out there that you can get with the engine in the middle and shift your own gears, mm -hmm. right? Three pedals. And I thought, you know what? If anyone would do it. It's the Corvette. I mean, what else? If you're going to buy, you know, a relatively affordable mid-engine car with a stick shift, you're going to buy a Porsche Boxster slash Cayman, mm -hmm. or you're going to buy a Lotus Evora. That's, those are your options. You know, you're not, you're not going to get much else in that, in that range with the engine in the middle. And I think that's a, that would be a big selling point combo, mm -hmm. but I also don't think it would sell volume. So, you know, it's kind of hard for me to say because I think it would be a really unique and attractive feature, especially mm -hmm. for people who, you know, are enthusiasts and do want to shift their own gears in a mid-engine car. Mm -hmm. But I do also think you're right that it shouldn't be that surprising because of the performance benefits, the accessibility benefits, 
and simply that it's just it's easier for for Chevrolet to just offer one transmission, and they're and, not going to offer just a manual. And that sixty thousand dollar mark is probably because they only developed one transmission, right? Like yeah, for sure. In terms of cost, it would have been a lot higher, and right, they wouldn't be able to keep that price point under sixty thousand US. Probably the same thing yeah. happened with the Supra, right? Yeah. Although with the Supra, Toyota is saying, "Hey, look, you it know might. what? If it, if enough people shout." and enough people yell, then we'll try and do it. The Corvette, they've kind of just said, nah, we're we're not looking at doing that. Now, BMW recently just announced, I think literally last week, the Canadian president said something that, he confirmed that for the next generation, M3, M4, there will be a manual gearbox available. Oh, that's amazing. In Canada even, right? So I feel like that's uh, easy carryover for the Supra. They already have the engine. Like, you know, they could use an M transmission, right? Yeah, and I think actually Toyota has tried, is it like Tremec? They've tried some mm-hmm. transmissions, I think some manuals in the Supra. In oh, like as a prototype. I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not 100% sure, but I think that was a thing. Um, right. Actually, a manual M3 and M4, aren't they going all-wheel drive, the next versions? I don't think it's confirmed. Yeah, no. But the, I, I mean, the M5 is all-wheel drive yeah, now. I yeah. think I heard somewhere that it could be all-wheel drive for the next M3. And I'll so, take a manual all-wheel drive M3. Exactly, right? Because now we're talking uh, super-powered WRX. <laughs> German WRX, right? So, yeah. okay. that We'll save that for another episode, but that that's... They need uh, an upgrade. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, so back to the Corvette... Um, yeah, that's that's kind of what I think. So I was surprised by a few things, not surprised by yeah. others. But overall, I think that we just kind of have to wait and see now if it'll sell because. And obviously, yeah. you guys, uh, if you haven't heard uh, our last episode, it's actually a very informative episode about the history of Corvette. Just going going through quickly, and um, I think it gives you like a better idea on where this generation is going to take. Um, for example, like the Z06 is probably going to still come, right? Um, the Grand Sport, it's still going to, it's, it's, it's not even out yet. It's out technically next year, right? In production. For sure. So that's going to be exciting. Let's see where the next ZR, ZR1 is going to take us, right? That's going to be huge. The yep. design is going to be a wider body. So the Targa might come back, right? That's very easy with a mid-engine car, right? Like well, they, tar- they, uh, you can take the roof panel off of this. You already one. can? Okay. You already can. Okay, you know how okay. you could do it in the C7? Yes. Just manually by yes. lifting it? Yes. Same thing in the okay. C8, which I'm very happy they that's kept. Cool. I think that's really that's cool. That's cool. That's a Corvette thing. That's yeah. been like a Corvette thing. I right? think that's really cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? And it just fits in the trunk still. Yeah, um, man. Like, and looking yeah. at like the tuning companies, like the American tuning companies, like Hennessy, maybe they'll step in, right? And yep. just, so yep. we'll see what happens. It's a, it's a great platform, I think, right? And yeah. It's a lot of potential for like modifications or just building on on that platform. Yeah, and so. you know we're not going to talk about why this is, but part of the reason that Chevrolet went to putting the engine in the middle of their Corvette is now all of a sudden the ceiling for performance is so much higher, right? Yeah. They can make a ZR1 that's so much higher and so much or so much faster mm-hmm. uh, on the track and and stuff like that. They're, they were kind of running out of performance space, you could say, with their their front-engine platform. And, and now this mid-engine will hopefully take it to new heights. That's that's a big reason that 
they went to putting the engine in the middle of the cars, just that now they can actually mm. make it more competitive and even faster. Well, no, there are obviously downsides with mid-engine cars, right? Like, just, like, in terms of, like, a maintenance, easy, ease of access to engines and Yep, and that's true. That's definitely an aspect. And then I think that's why, like, for a very long time, they held back. On that, well, obviously developing is expensive, but then that's also another downside. It's just like the ease of maintenance and ease of just accessing to the engine. Yeah. Just like how a Boxster is amazing and the Cayman's amazing, but when you have to perform a service or whatever, you have to kind of have to take the whole par- whole car apart. That's so right. That's kind of one of the roadblocks I see with the mid-engine car. Um, but not mentioning benefits, benefits, you know, balance, perfect 50-50 weight distribution, having that engine right behind you, feeling that vibration, right? It's... Um, We'll see how it goes. Like, I, like a real. I, I would love to see like a real world review on how like living with a Corvette for six months or whatever. So yeah, I think that'd be cool. Yeah, and I'm curious to see what the base model is like. Mm-hmm. You know, they have the Z51 performance package mm-hmm. available right now, right off the bat, and uh, that's gonna have some really good performance options, uh, and that that will make it very fast uh it's i think it's got an electronic differential which uh on the on the last car was very effective mm-hmm. and they've got a bunch of other performance upgrades with it so that car will probably be great but you know that performance package isn't going to come cheap mm-hmm. so i really wonder what the base car is going to be like and if anybody would actually buy it you know because mm-hmm. 60 grand is is awesome but mm-hmm. if you don't get a great car mm-hmm. and you have to buy let's say you have to buy the six thousand dollar performance package mm-hmm. You know, it's that $66,000 is still an amazing deal for a mid-engine, you know, approaching supercar. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's it's different if you still have to upgrade that base model to get a truly good car. So I, mm-hmm. I'm curious to see, you know, when the first reviews come in, I hope they get to compare a Z51 and a base model just to see what the difference is there because I know on the C7 it was kind of like yeah this is a great car but you have to get the Z51 package mm-hmm. or it's it's not actually that great yeah you know yeah no uh, talking about American cars too right there's um, all the American guys are kind of bringing the her- their heritage vi- vehicles back right that's right Ford kind of started it with the GT that's like one of the big moves a few years back yeah it's an awesome car a little too expensive for everyone but it's sold out so it's okay hey and assembled in canada <coughs> go me. canada markham right that's right yeah. markham ontario yeah um but going back to that topic is that you know like jeep is refreshing their wrangler right and yeah. bring that back and bring the gladiator did they have like a wrangler truck back in the days is that um like a oh, concept or something like that yeah and there were there are companies that Oh. would build you one I if you see. brought them a wrangler they would chop the back off and stuff uh there was nothing ever called the gladiator i'm pretty okay. sure that's a new name but yeah uh, yeah the 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 concept of a jeep pickup truck a yeah. wrangler pickup has been around for a long time but right. jeep is finally Made basically trying to popularize it and, and take advantage of that uh that concept how do you feel about it andrew the gladiator yeah well you see, it, it kind of, to me, it appeals to a narrow audience because, yeah. you've first of all, you've got to get people who are interested in a Jeep Wrangler, right? And so that's kind of a, a narrow market to begin hmm. with because it's unrefined relative to a lot of vehicles. 
it's not necessarily pretty, although some people like the rugged looks, but it's not for everybody. Uh, and then you have to find the segment of those customers who want something that, you know, now is going to tow trailers and be used to throw stuff in the back, you know, with a pickup bed and things like that, and maybe want a diesel. It, to me, that's a really narrow market. I do really like the concept, but personally, you know, I would love to have a Jeep Wrangler, but there is no point for me to get the pickup. I would just, I would get a two door, I want, yeah, or exactly. even a four door. Two door sport, and I'm good. That's right. right. But, you know, I would even go, if I needed a bit more space, I would just get the, the Unlimited. I yeah. would get the four door yeah. Jeep Wrangler. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bother with the truck. And it's just like that price point, right? And Ford is coming back with the Broncos, right? Yeah, so that'll That's make it interesting. Cool. Yeah. Well, that, that rumor has been around for like a few years already, right? Even before the Ranger came out officially in the U.S., they talked about the Broncos, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, no, now they just released a Bronco Junior, right? Um, the what's it called? Well, so they haven't they haven't shown us that okay. the concept that you can see online is just a render made by somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's called the Bronco Scout. Right. And it looks like a little crossover. That's like competing against like Jeep Compass, right? Like Jeep Renegade. Yeah, Compass, Cherokee. Cherokee. Yeah. The, the little Jeeps, you know, that have seen some popularity. But they're basically just little crossovers right. that have been maybe ruggedized a little bit. Um, but so Ford will have a, a few different Bronco models apparently when it comes out. The first one will be sort of the typical Bronco that we know and and everyone loves and wants to come back. Um, that one's supposed to be 2020, a- according to Ford at least. So, you know, a pretty good source. But uh, <laughs> uh, that'll be the typical Bronco. Surely it'll come with a four-door version because... You think so? Oh, yeah. You Jeep, so? Jeep makes so much money off of four-door Wranglers. Oh, okay. It's insane. Ford would be stupid not to make... A four-door Bronco. But they didn't have a four-door Bronco before, did they? Um, I'm not sure if they ever did or that was just what right. the Explorer was right. at, at first. But they did have a two-door for sure. They'll they'll probably do a two-door Bronco if they want to compete head-to-head with Jeep. Uh, they're probably going to want to go for those hardcore customers who want to get a two-door Jeep yeah, kind yeah, of thing, right? Sure. Just, like, uh, just like us who would say, yeah, we're just buying a two-door uh, Jeep Wrangler Sport. They want to cater to those customers as well, right? They're not. They're not kidding around with this new Bronco. Hey, and here, here's the thing: don't play around with that Eco. Well, I know there's gonna be EcoBoost in there, but put a five liter in there for me, <laughs> just for just for just for my sake. That's one way you can beat the Wrangler. You know, throw a V8 in it, and uh, and all of a sudden, <laughs> people well, might re- start flocking. Well, they've really they've always had. Like the winter V8s, right? Yeah, Basically. Yeah. Even ever since the first generation. Like, they had six cylinders, I think. Like, you yeah. know, the Ford 200cc ones. Yeah. But then, like, the 289, the 302, I'm pretty sure. And then they carried over throughout the year until until it got discontinued. Yeah, so if we can, if we can get an EcoBoost, just like the Mustang, yeah. get an EcoBoost and then a V8 upgrade, that's, uh, that would be some truck. And uh, I'm not sure what Jeep would do about that. I mean, maybe just throw a Hellcat engine in it well, from the factory. That, that seemed just like their solution to everything. That's right. Just put a bigger engine in it, throw a supercharger on it. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if 
Fiat Chrysler decided to do that. But um, yeah, so apparently we're going to get a Bronco with four doors, very likely. Two doors, I think they'll do it, especially if they want to compete head-to-head with the Wrangler. And now the most interesting rumors that I found were that they'll actually introduce a pickup version of the Bronco. Is that the Ranger? Separate from the Ranger. So maybe what they're looking to do is have the Ranger, which is their midsize truck that competes, you know, head on with the Tacoma and the the Chevy and GMC. Um, And, you know, that can be sort of a more comfortable, accessible pickup truck that, you know, people like to buy. And then on the other side, you've got the Bronco pickup that competes with the Jeep Gladiator, right? So now it's got mm. the off-roading chops from the factory and and looks more rugged and, and maybe they don't put the 5-liter in the Ranger, but you can get the 5-liter V8 in the Bronco truck, for example, right? So, I mean, trucks and crossovers and SUVs are selling like hotcakes. So maybe having two trucks that are the same size... It's not size, a bad thing, yeah. No, maybe it's not such a, a weird concept anymore, yeah. right? Maybe it'll become the new norm. You'll have two trucks of the same size from many different companies. Yeah. We won't, like, talk about... Uh trucks in a separate episode i think that's like worth exploring we gotta have a truck episode (laughs) like listeners from other other parts of other parts of the world outside of north america probably not as familiar with our full-size trucks that we have offered but uh it's interesting yeah well interesting well and we've got um you know up and coming companies like uh you know rivian yeah electric uh trucks i love it oh they look so awesome and i mean you know tesla wants to do one well they are doing one then they are doing one yeah that's right nissan just released an electric truck uh not in north america but uh uh, I, i think it's in china okay parts of asia they've got an electric truck out now Nissan so, also just cut 15,000 jobs. Yeah. So. Yeah, Nissan is is in an interesting spot right now. But hey, you know what? It's it's part of the business. You got your ups and downs. Yeah. And maybe this electric truck will save them. <laughs> <laughs> just like how the Leaf saves stuff. That's right. Right. The Leaf. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know what? The Leaf's gotten better. I'll give it's it that. It's not bad. I've driven the, the Leaf Plus. Yeah, that's the brand new one, right? With the like, longer range and stuff. More power. I think if I didn't drive a Model S, uh, like, three weeks prior to that, it would have, like, felt better. But, like, I did drive a Model S, and uh, it's not very comparable. <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> enough. We'll definitely talk about electric cars too as well someday. But uh, um, they've got a, a hybrid Wrangler. To bring it back to, um, to the... The Wrangler and the Bronco <coughs> are American icons here. Yeah. They're they're doing a hybrid Wrangler, and I don't know how it's selling relative to the other Wranglers, <laughs> but I would be interested in a hybrid Wrangler. Now I can't get it in a manual, so I mean it's still kind of off the list. But that's really cool, I think. I would consider that. I feel like it's you gotta market it like Nicely, like I don't know how how to how, how to put it, but you know how like Honda CRZ, yeah, same concept, right? Like kind of like it was a hybrid. Like, like hybrids are kind of it's tough because they kind of still have that persona where it's 
like a green like the people who drives is like you know like a mom yeah. and they don't care about no. driving it's like the ct 200h the Lexus yep. ct 200 yep. it's still a good looking vehicle but the people who drives it you know like yeah i know i know yeah. so so maybe you know it just takes a few cars yeah. like we've had now a bunch of hyper cars and supercars that have right. gone hybrid maybe now we just need a couple of off-roading vehicles Yep. To go hybrid or electric, right? Well, like, uh, trucks for um, the new Rams, they have, like, torque uh, electric motor, like, Yeah, it's like E-Assist or something. Yeah. There's some electrification yeah. in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of, they don't directly call it a hybrid, but that might just be marketing stuff, and it's yeah. a hybrid, and, yeah. you know, they call it E-Assist or whatever to, to eliminate the stigma right. from exactly. hybrids. But exactly, exactly. But, um, you know, we'll definitely start seeing hybrids in, in a lot more stuff, right? Because as companies move away from small, fuel-efficient cars and go to bigger, chunkier, heavier, less fuel-efficient SUVs and trucks, right. they're going to need to keep their fuel economy numbers down, mm-hmm. right? And they have to keep going down. So in order for that to happen, we're going to see a lot more hybrids. I think the Ford Explorer now has a hybrid. Uh, the new Ford Explorer, I'm pretty sure. Mm, and so, they do. I think they do. Yeah, yeah, and so we'll probably, I mean, hell, maybe there'll be a hybrid version of the Bronco. Um, and that would be interesting. I, I don't know how far along Ford is with their, their hybrid technology, but um, well, they've they, done a few of them. They've always years. piggybacked on Toyota, right, with the Fusion? But no. Did they? I think so. I don't know. I, I just don't know. I, I can't comment. But, um, okay. If they have, they've definitely learned a thing or two because Toyota's the been pioneer. doing it. Yeah. yeah, they've been doing it longer than anybody. So yeah. um, they they just had, they did a demo. I don't know if you saw this, but they did a demo with an electric uh, F-150. Yeah. And they towed like some insane yeah. amount of weight right. with this electric pickup truck um, just to kind of show it off and... And show you what electricity can do. Because uh, a lot of, you know, farmers and truck owners and, you know, those people scoff at electric trucks, right? right. Because it's they like, want well, the diesel. yeah, they want yeah. a diesel or, or even gas because, you know, if you're going out and driving around in the desert, they want the range and they want to be able to just fill up with a jerry can or whatever it may be, right? So yeah. um, basically, you know, the farmers say, no, we don't want an electric truck. And Ford says, oh, yes, you want an electric truck. So um, I'm interested to see where Still going to be whole... built tough, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, let's hope so, right? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how, how much um, they've worked on reliability and durability for all of these electrical components. I mean, you've got a company like Rivian coming in and uh, making these trucks that are electric and supposed to be adventure vehicles so obviously they can be pretty tough but hopefully ford does it right if they do it (coughs) you know the thing about hybrids is that they've now got both systems yeah so they're just basically twice the complexity right you've got electrical and um uh, internal combustion engine powertrains in there now if you do build it right though like our friend Armin's had two different, two um, Camry hybrids. Yep. First one went like 350000 Yep. Without a hiccup. He sold it just because um, he wanted a newer vehicle. Yep. Bought a brand new 2014 
and he's at 225 now. All Already. he's done, wow. all he's done is oil changes. Wow. So oil changes and tires. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, trucks are a little bit different just because they're under like they're towing stuff, they're, you know, the the components within the truck it's yeah. they work a little harder. Um, and if you're if you're using your Jeep Gladiator the way it was meant to, right. you're off roading, right. right? You're you're right. doing some rough stuff. So, right. you know, so, yeah. and then the, the added weight component too, right? For yep. off roading, that's big. Yep. Yeah. So I'm curious to see if others follow suit, like Ford with their Bronco. I want to see if they try and do a hybrid uh, and try and compete with that from Jeep and and see if it actually penetrates. If people actually buy a hybrid off-road vehicle you know a jeep wrangler that's not really known for its fuel efficiency or or uh, its refined uh, demeanor i wonder if people would go for that and maybe it'll just be the people who don't drive their jeep wranglers off-road right like the 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 moms and dads out there who, oh, who yeah. don't want to buy a minivan they want to buy a, a cool vehicle and get their kids everywhere right they buy the big four door Jeep and Wrangler the, and the white girls in school that wants it, wants a few efficient vehicle but also wants a flex with that's right you know that's right so you might they they might actually sell well just not to the people who take them off road and I mean you that's, know what I guess that's, that's okay fine. either target different target market right that's like, right and if it means that we get more vehicles like the Jeep Wrangler and and the Ford Bronco, then you know what? Bring it on. Yeah. I don't really have a problem with it. I, I think it's cool and that, you know, with some work there'll be it's it's a really good possibility and you know, maybe down the road we'll only have a hybrid option for the Jeep Wrangler. Mm-hmm. You know, distant road, I'm sure. sure. But uh yeah, I I'm just curious to see how those will sell and how that might have an effect on what the next Bronco looks like. Cause, you know, if you've got all the different versions we talked about, two doors, four doors, pickup truck, and then the little Bronco Scout. Mm-hmm. That's that's a comprehensive, you know, product line from Ford, just from the Bronco name, all, you know, in the next few years yeah. coming out. Like, I'm sure it won't be, like, all of a sudden, all of them, right? No. It will be a staggered kind of approach. No, right? the rumor is that, like, the pickup truck version will be 2024 or something far away oh, like that, okay. right? And so they're probably going to look at demand and see how, like... Yeah. yeah, so not confirmed, right? They'll probably also look at how the Gladiator ends up doing, Yep. right? That's very important. Uh, but, um, you know, the exciting news is we're getting... A new Ford Bronco in in one form or another. And uh, I just want to drive one. I want to drive the new Jeep Wrangler. I want to drive a Gladiator. And I want to drive the brand new Ford Bronco. uh, Yep, you and I both. (laughs) Yeah, man. I I think that that uh, that vehicle, if done right, uh, you know, and Ford knows how to do trucks right. uh, I think if done right, you know, it'll be a sort of a revelation for... For the car industry. And I do want to drive a 2020 Corvette. Yes. As well. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. Give me that 2020 Corvette. <laughs> Although I don't like the looks from the outside, um, I'm sure it will drive awesome. You don't have to look at them while you drive, no, right? I just have to look at the interior, which I like. So it's That's okay. right. Honestly, yeah. it's just the steering wheel throws me off a little bit. But, yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah, so I guess, you know, in conclusion... We want to drive all these new American vehicles, which, yeah. you know, hasn't happened a lot in in my life. You know, there hasn't <laughs> been a lot of times in my life where I've yeah. been like, 
wow, look at all these American vehicles. These are all amazing vehicles built in the USA. And I want to drive them all. Yeah. But we've got a good crop that has just come out or will be coming out soon. Yeah. And, you know... The Americans could be doing a really good job in the next little bit. And in fact, we even touched on vehicles from General Motors, Fiat Chrysler. All three. And, and Ford. And Ford, right? Yeah. All at the same time. Yeah. All these American icons that either have, you know, a nameplate that's uh, that's storied. Actually, they all have storied nameplates. You know, some of them have been going on forever, like the Corvette and the Wrangler. Mm-hmm. Others have taken a long break. Some of them are being revolutionized by, you know, putting the engine in the middle. And some of them are are using old ideas to create new products like a pickup truck, Jeep Wrangler. Yep. So, you know, I I think the American car makers are doing really exciting stuff right now. And, uh, yeah, I really wish I could just go out and drive them. But, you know, who's going to let us punks do that? Mm-hmm. They've done it before. That's Let's right. Again. That's right. We'll I'll keep you guys updated if we get we get a chance to get put put our hands on. Or That's right. That's right for sure. If we get to drive any vehicle, we're definitely gonna update you guys. Make sure you guys uh, check out our other episodes if you haven't do, haven't done so already, and please follow us on Instagram at religion.car. Yeah, and if you have ideas about what you want to hear from us or cars you want us to talk about. Shoot us a DM, you know, talk to us. We want to engage with you guys. We want to hear from our listeners. And uh, we just love doing this. So so please hit us up if you have any ideas. And even if you want to be on the show, that could be a possibility as well down, down the road. Yeah, interviews yeah. Uh, yeah. interviews would be amazing yeah. to do. So yeah, just just please hit us up. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to hear from, uh, from people who listen. So thanks again, and uh, we'll see you next time.